five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. Donovan there, Season of the Witch. Oh, yeah. Hey, green screen looking good tonight, or today, rather. Just when I uh, just when I go out on a limb and buy a new computer, because my computer's slow, the green screen's not really working, what happens? It fucking starts to work again. It's kind of like when my, my dog was really ill, and you know the story. I would think about putting him down and then all of a sudden he'd perk up. It's like that. Computer did the same thing. It's like, you're going to replace me? Fuck you. Fuck you, dude. I'm going to show you how well I work. Isn't that Giselle Bunchen in the background there? Kind of looks like her, doesn't it? Welcome to uh, 15 Minutes of Flame. If you're listening on the podcast, thank you for being here. Uh, my my uh, green screen background is a Rather fetching witch, a fetching witch, and um, it's an illustration looking a little bit like Giselle Bunchen, who has claimed to be a witch, by the way. And uh, you, if you were here, you would have heard the opening track, which was "Season of the Witch" by Donovan. I don't know if it's dark yacht or not. Probably not. But it seems appropriate as we head into the first day of November, just coming off of Halloween. What an interesting day Halloween is. As a kid, of course, you fucking loved Halloween. My father always tried to make like great costumes for Halloween. It was his thing. My father was a frustrated like artist and and uh, craftsperson and. I remember one he had this he had this idea for me to uh, have this costume. And now what how many fathers out there have done this? Uh, I'd say probably none, honestly, that I, I know of, right? So he was really into like plaster Paris, and he did a plaster Paris mold. With, with my face, I was like, maybe, I don't know, 10 at the most, nine or 10. I might've been, I might've been 10. And if you're a 10 year old kid and you've got to have straws stuck up your nose and breathe through these straws while the plaster of Paris hardens on your face, um, that's difficult for, but I did it. I held it together and, um, so he created this plaster Paris mold of my face. And I don't know how he did it, 
But from that, he created a larger wax mold of my face and my head. It wasn't just my face. It was my backfilled it with. So I had this, it was a, it was a replica of me. And then what he did is he created a hole in it. So he, he could stick a walkie talkie in there. And then I had this like thing over my head, which like shoulder pads and kind of an oversized shirt that I could see out of. And he mounted the walkie talkie. I swear to fuck. I swear. I'm not, I'm not going to take the word name in vain. And, but he hadn't road tested it. So when I talked through the walkie talkie and he had the walkie talkie, I swear to God, he did this. He had the walkie talkie in the head. You couldn't hear what I was saying. Cause I was supposed to say, kick a treat, right? Like he hadn't figured that part out. So after a couple of houses, he was like, come on, let's go back home. He didn't, he didn't want it to be a complete bust. Like he could have just had me say it from inside my fake shoulders and it would have been fine. It would have been fine, but I went back home and uh, I had this creature of the black lagoon mask and I put that on and I had, I had a fun time. You're a kid. It's Halloween. It's an addiction ritual. It's a scorpionic addiction ritual. That's exactly what it is. And there was another time where we had that, wear our costumes to school. And I think I was in the second or third grade. I forget which might've been the second grade. And he went to a costume shop and he rented this, this like giant alligator head. <laughs> So here I am, this kid in second grade with his giant alligator head, uh, walking around with these rubber alligator feet that came with the costume. So Halloween was always an interesting uh, experience around my house with my father, the frustrated artist, up until a certain point. And then he was like, "You're okay, you're too old, you're done. Anyway, I uh, was on with, quite frankly, last night for about 20 minutes or so. and we got into some of the astrology of our current milieu. I really like Frank. And one of these days I'm going to have him on the Friday show. So uh, if you want to go back, he's, he streams on YouTube. So you can actually go onto YouTube and see last night's show. I don't know where I am in the show, but I'm in there for about 20, 25 minutes. If you're interested. All right. Jeez. There's a lot going on. Isn't that interesting? We have a ton going on. The election stuff is really starting to heat up. And we're going to talk about some of the things that are happening. And we're going to go back in time. You know, I like to go back in time. And we're going to look at um, a guy by the name of Boss Tweed and Tammany Hall and the political machine. Because that's really what it all is. I mean, it's the model, right? It's um, strength, power. Numbers, influence, manipulation, and nothing's changed. It's just gotten uh, more sophisticated uh, than ever before. So we're going to look at some of the things that are going on and just this escalating point of tension that we're going to be dealing with here over the course of the next week when we go through this election on a lunar eclipse with the moon in Taurus, you know, Taurus, I, I was talking about this on Frank's show last night, Taurus is tangible. 
you know, it's, it's, um, for lack of a better term, it's, it's this, I mean, this is more than Taurus. This is more like Uranus and Taurus, right? It's a tangible thing, at least in our minds, it's tangible. And that's what theoretically a ballot is, right? It's tangible. I mean, the most tangible aspect of uh, a ballot would be a paper ballot. That would be tangible in the hands, right? From paper, from a tree, which grows out of the earth, out of terra, torrent. So when we have the moon eclipsed in that sign, things become, guess what? Less tangible. Things become occulted. Things become hidden. Right. And in some cases, the occulted material will surface with an eclipse. That which has been hidden emerges to be seen. It's going to be very interesting. And there are things happening already that are are they're just troubling, period. End of story. Which is really probably the best way to cap that sentence. End of story. Because we're coming to the end of our story. There's just not more that can be played out. Uh, I mean, I'm sure there's plenty more. Uh, the U.S. Air Force is blacked out. Like you can't, you can't follow any of their planes right now online. I think it was Markeem over on Twitter that pointed that out. But I think I'd seen it somewhere else. But Markeem put it out. I know he listens to the show. Shout out to Markeem um, or Markheim. And I mean, so there's that, right? That's that's the other thing that that. So the whole idea of creating and managing chaos is to have as many fires burning as possible. And then you just throw kerosene on the fire that you want to burn. So we're going we're to get into some of that today and just take the temperature of the, uh, of the current milieu, but the, we're coming to the end of the story. That's why they are trying to roll out the, the reset and somehow get people to uh, consume the World Economic Forum like it's Halloween fucking candy. I mean, that's that's what this is about. But as I said on, on Frank's show last night, that the, the way that you would get people to sign off on that is not to make it as miserable as possible. I mean, they will if people will, cons- will consent to it. I mean, they'll drop ship you uh, your, 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 your weekly... Uh, drone diet of crickets and mealworms and whatever whatever else passes for food against your social credit score, against your universal basic income, against your digital ID, right? They'll be happy to do that if you're willing to fall for it. More, more than happy to do that. However, if you're not happy, and most people really aren't, then the easiest thing to do would be to create an alternative version of that, which would be just as um, pernicious, but with your consent, easy consent. It's kind of like the video we did. That was a weird video, huh? If you weren't uh, here on the show, uh, it was Donovan's season of the witch with these silent era movies. And some of them were really body. I mean, there was some, there was some body shit going on and some and creepy, right? Like, like hardcore images of Mephistopheles, you know, the devil, you know, coming into this woman's bedroom and her feeling all of a sudden this arousal looking over to see if her husband was fast asleep. It's like, Oh, 
there's a stranger knocking on my window. Oh, look, he's got horns. Oh, look, and he's got three fingers and a thumb. Oh, interesting. My actually, my favorite scene was the first one. Well, there was a scene with this woman who was like, she wasn't wearing anything. And people don't know this, but they, I think they instituted this code uh, shortly after the talkies. I think it was around 1931 or 32, where they now the movie code kicked in. There's a bunch of pre movie code movies where things are very racy and saucy and dark. And you saw some of that in uh, that, that uh, silent film rendition of it's a montage series of, of scenes with Donovan season. My favorite was the first scene. <laughs> you got the monk there and oh gosh, this is such a fine meal. Mm, this is quite good. Of course, he's a monk and he's pious and he doesn't know, but he has stumbled upon the lair of the witch. And uh, she puts a little something, something in his drink. And all of a sudden he's abandoning his monkly, his monastic ways, and chasing her around an oak tree. This is a symbol of fertility. And she finally lets him catch her and he abandons his robe and wildly plunges past his uh, ordained morality. Okay, let's get into the show. It's a little, a little bit of an intro. I'll tell you what we're talking about. Um, guess what? Good news, boys and girls. The gummies are back in. I got my... My package of gummies is coming soon. Chris has uh, stepped up to the plate. And if you are looking to get your gummy fix on, they are in the house. Of course, I'm talking about True Hemp Science, who is a sponsor of the show. And we're going into the ASMR world. Whoa, hey, whoa, whoa. You want to go there? There's my Twitter page wasn't my twitter page it was a twitter page it's a different web different web browser anyway so here we go true hemp science we got oils we got edibles water soluble pets i did get a very positive review about pet sounds and separation anxiety with your pet i was looking for it and one came in but really uh the gummies are the the news of the day and if you're looking to get back into the gummy world there you go. True hemp science. You have cherry and watermelon. And then, of course, this is kind of in the gummy realm. The Clarity Moon Dust with CBGA, 25% more. I had my moon dust this morning. It's appropriate. It's an appropriate, it's an appropriate elixir for the theme of the show. How appropriate. Anyway, um, True M Science, backslash ref, backslash 23. You spend $100 and Chris will throw you in some free product. And he's very generous with that. All you have to do is add 15MINS. That's 15MINS when you check out and you will get the goodies, 150 and more, and you get free shipping. All right. So, you know what I like to do next? I like to get into the absolute best chat group on the whole damn internets and that would be chataria no jasper sighting i had a conversation with him today i definitely had a conversation 
I'm like, are you going to be on the show today? Are you happening? Are you coming on? He committed, but I don't know where he is. All right. Let's see. Who do we have here? Here's my man, Michael. What's going on, brother Mike? Good to see you. It was great seeing you at the event. There is Thomas Jordan. Thomas Jordan. Ryan, the president of the International Introspective Woodworkers Union of the World. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Uh, Miss Nakia is here. Hey, Miss Nakia. Good morning to you. Sony's here. Hi, Sony. Who else? CC Jones. Fantastic. Still rocking the Megalodon, Fran, as you can see. Kelly B's here. 9-11 on the dot. Kelly B. Always great as you bring the age demo down considerably. Let's see who else do we have. Uh, I highly recommend the book Parallel Elections. Blueprint Deception. Yeah, we're just gonna we're gonna go back in time and you know see the formation of the corruption that is. I don't. I mean, honestly, I just I just don't know how they're going to be able to ever stem this thing. It's it's so you know we've got the queen of the black pill in the house today. She and she'll she'll be uh, leading the the chance on this with her pitchfork and uh, torch. Mark M, what's going on, Mark? My astrological brother from another mother. Good to see you. Oh, look, I'm batting a thousand with Fran lately. She said, love this too, Robert. I'm just playing. Your, I, Fran, I'm just dialed into your playlist right now. Um, I was singing this the other day, laugh out loud. Oh, look at that. I've even got Kelly B chiming in on the, uh, on the, on the show in the, uh, the song of the show. Equicentric. What's going on? Equa Hucklebuck is here. Boo right back at you. I live in a place now where I don't get I don't get any any trick-or-treaters. It's uh, kind of interesting. Nobody comes here. Gee, I wonder why. Is it because I'm at the end of a country road? If I was a kid, I'm not sure I'd come to this place. It's not that it's spooky or anything. It's just why would you come here? I mean, the only place I don't have to buy a Halloween candy. It's great. I even stopped doing that. I just turned my light off. I'm not, I don't. I don't support that shit. I don't think it's good for kids, honestly. Uh, let's see who else do we have here. Rule of my sleeves. We're getting serious with the show. Um, is Donovan still around? You know, I think he is actually. I think he is. Where is Wendy? Good, good question. Cappy Carey's here. What's going on, Cappy? Cappy Carey, lovely meeting you at the event. Uh, yeah, Season of the Witch. All women love that song. Gee, I wonder why. When I was a kid and I heard that song, Donovan had some, there were, Donovan had songs that as a kid I really connected with. Like, I love that tune because it's just kind of sexy and creepy, right? But then I really love Atlantis when he sings. Well, I remember when I heard, first heard uh, Atlantis by Donovan. I'm like, wow, this is great. I love this song. And he just bangs that refrain way down below the ocean, down below the sea, you and me. That's just great stuff. I just love that tune. And, of course, who doesn't like Sun Sunshine Superman? Because I was into comic books. 
I'm like, yeah, this is great. Sunshine Superman. So when I was a kid, you know, Donovan, Donovan had the hits and then he just kind of dropped off. And I think his son became an actor. Uh, let's see who else do we have. There's Christine. I know I saw you in there. Good morning. All holy moly. Twitter is going wild with the Pelosi thing and the election stuff. Oh yes. I really liked Donovan back then. I like Donovan too. It's the season month of my birthday. 40 is no longer knocking, but now about to beat down the door. <laughs> Father time. Father time knows your zip code. Let's see who else we have. Queen Lisa's here. Hey, I, I tell, tell Pat I'm looking for his recording. Please pass it on to Pat. I've not forgotten Pat. Just to let you know. 40 is the new 20. That means 50 is the new 30. And 60 is the new 40. And 70. No, 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 no. Okay. There, there you go. Yes, here's my familiar. Here's my yes, you are a good boy. Yeah. It's the season of the cat. Flies disappear at the moment I have the swatter in my grasp. Mm. I bet they don't even need the swat. You don't even need the swatter. They just see you. You're like a walking can arrayed. They tremble in fear. Their wings become paralyzed in your mere presence. Let's see who else do we have here today. I wish I felt 20 again. Yeah, you know, every, every now and then you think back, well, how did I feel? What was I like at, at a certain point in time? I remember running a lot more. That's what I remember. Mindset. There is a mindset piece to it. But I'll tell you, at a certain point in time, the body is in a, a, an arm wrestling match with the mindset. It's like, oh, yeah, you got a mindset there? Let's see. Come on, come on, come on. Oh, how's that mindset now? Oh, yeah, you feel your lower back? Oh, yeah. Yeah, how's that mindset? Oh, good mindset. Oh, oh, look at you. Look at you push back. So this is where, this is what happens when you get older. My mind is still in the 20s, the body not. Yes, I know that happens. Uh, let's see, was leaping in the Atlantic surf last week and felt 20 for a little while. Oh, there you go. I like, I like that. Melbourne beach. Jasper, have you ever been to the beach? Do I still have that, that mask? No, 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 no. My father would do shit like that every now and then though. He would go off on these wild creative tangents. He did not like cats that much. We had one cat, and that was it. There were no more cats after that. Well, he would have liked you. I think he did like you, actually. Don Renee Hart is here. The Leo Queen in the house. My dad was a my my dad was a different kind of dude. He was a different kind of dude. I'll tell I'll tell you I'll tell you a story. Another story. It's a good story. So he had the most scathing wit, like just an absolute scathing wit. And one day I was eating, I've told this story before, but 
a lot of you haven't heard it and some of you may have forgotten it because it's not a major story. But one day I was eating this uh, octopus and black bean sauce. I was about 19 years old and there was this Chinese restaurant around the corner from our house and they made the most killer octopus and black bean sauce. And, um, you know, with some rice. And my, my, uh, my mother's sister was staying with us with her husband. Um, and her husband actually turned out ultimately to be, oddly enough, a decent guy after some very, um, how shall we say, gnarled experiences in our family. But he looked at my plate. He's from New Jersey. And he said, what are you eating? I said, uh, this is, uh, I think it was squid. It was squid, octopus. Octopus and black bean sauce. And he said, oh, yeah. Uh, We use that as bait back home. (laughs) My father looked at him. And he said, do you eat corn? He said, yeah. My father said, well, they feed that to pigs. (laughs) I nearly like spit the food out of my mouth when he said that. Like that's how quick he was. He was he was an interesting character. Uh, let's see. Feliz Dias Dias de Muertas, All Saints Day. I should play some Jorge Reyes before the show's over. It looked pretty cool. I mean, it was my face. He painted it with flesh. It was a fleshy face. You know, he went all in. All in. Uh, let's see. Who else do we have? Escalating point of tension, the E-pot. That's right. Uh, when I was in the second grade, it's from Kelly. My Pisces sister made me Scorpio into the Grim Reaper with stuff from around our house. Made a weird pace for my face that itched. I won grand prize over all the school. Your Pisces, Pisces people are creative, man. They're creative. They're, they're, they're good about that shit. What about chain of custody? What about unfairness and cheating that takes place when the party system for the ballots? Christine, you're, you're, you're preaching to the choir here. You're preaching to the choir. The, the chain of custody stuff is problematic. And we experienced it here, of course, in Gillespie County. Uh, and it's, it's, it's that and tenfold. Maury says, Robert is correct. We are really coming to the end of the story. I will add this story. I would agree with you, Maurice, 100%. Um, looking back, I probably won because I was the Scorpio representing the death card. That and you had a creative Pisces sister. If you had a Virgo sister, your Virgo sister would have, would have said, um, yeah, I can't help you. Here, here's, here's, Here's five dollars. Go down to the goodwill and go get something. That that's what your Virgo sister would have said. And then when you came back with something, your Virgo sister said, Jesus, you came back with that? That's terrible. <laughs> I'm only half joking. Uh let's see. I'm like, uh, Kelly's really getting into this. I was toting around a thick giant stick that belonged to a deceased friend. Life is weird, and that costume probably wouldn't be allowed. No, that costume would be celebrated now. Are you kidding me? Jeez. 
Uh, by the way, I, I went to the I went to the Goodwill last night after I worked out because it's right next door to where I work out. I thought maybe I'll maybe I'll uh, rock a mask on Quite Frankly show, and I went in to look at the masks, and they're all fucking terrifying. They're just all t- you remember back in the day they'd have silly, goofy, funny masks. Oh, those days are gone. Everything now is just created to elicit the most amount of terror that they can get by covering your face. Persian scribe, scribe Persian, what's going on? Raquel Spring, we're going to get, we're going to get educated on Raquel Spring. Uh, let's see, Sherlyn, HTJ, what's going on, Sherlyn? Good to see you. Good to see you here. Let's see who else do we have. My pitchfork only has love for you, Robert. The torch is another story. <laughs> Spoken like a true Gemini. I don't pass out candy anymore. Yeah, candy's bad news. Kids are not allowed to just roam around and trick or treat. I don't know. I don't get any kids here. That's for damn sure. Um, let's see. Jennifer Love Hewitt. The ghost whisperer. Well, she was she was an it girl for a little while, wasn't she? Yes, Jasper. Jasper, I'm very proud of you for showing up today. My little guy still sings the astrological cat song. I'm gonna I tried to find it on one of my computers. It's there somewhere. I'm gonna get it, I promise. That is true about writing. When I was young, up to my early 30s, I could really run like the wind. Can't do it anymore. I know, you know, this is one part about kind of aging out. I've been having more and more conversations with people about this. The, the one part about aging out is the things that you used to do when you were young that allowed you to um, play and be competitive. That's the one thing about it, which I, I, I definitely, like, I know why old dudes play golf. I get it. Because it allows them to get exercise. They walk 18 holes. It's still somewhat athletic. And they get to hang out with their buddies. And they can be competitive. That's why most people who are athletic ultimately matriculate to golf. It's the one sport that you can play from when you're young all the way until basically you can't play it anymore. But I do I do miss the things that uh, I used to be competitive, like play pickup basketball and stuff like that. That was a lot of fun. Uh, Maurice, I can run fast with great form for about a cremo. Uh, Christine says, that's all you need. You just need 50 yards. 50 yards allows you to outsprint the zombie that is hot on your, hot on your heels and uh, gain a position and either hide yourself or um, become less visible while you Get the zombie in your sights. Sprinting 50 yards, that's all you need. You can worry about feeling crippled four days later because you won't be a zombie lunch. Uh, Loki Loki in the house. Let's see. Your Virgo sister would have a nice black pill for you. Uh, Loki Loki says our Pisces stepmom for Halloween of 1984 drove four of us 12 to 40 to go 
12 go toilet paper, Lake Oswego public school playgrounds to commit other minor shenanigans and petty vandalism. No comment. <laughs> I bet you had fun though. Yes. I bet you had fun. Uh, let's see. Halo 10 is here. What's going on? Halo 10. My dad plays golf and he works at the chorus now and he is 80. There you go. This is exactly what I'm talking about. Uh, an ex-girlfriend sent me a pic of her Halloween costume, Maleficent character from Disney. Sums up why I'm still single. Every guy has been involved with a witch, either directly or indirectly. Haven't they? They've been involved with a witch. You know what I need? Oh, man, I forgot to turn the power on. I don't want to break the flow, though. All right, I'm going to get into some stories. And one time, I, I was actually involved with a serious witch. I, didn't, I mean, I kind of knew it. I kind of knew it. But then I found out about it. I was like, yikes. Uh, one of the strangest relationships in my life. Okay, here we go. Let's... um. Let's see if we get the show in before my, my power goes out. I've already used half of it here. The new computer. So I'm getting a 2015 PowerBook with one terabyte of storage. 2015 is supposed to be the best and the last of the great Macs. You can run them up to, I think, Catalina. And that's really why I'm getting it. Um, let's see. Here we go. This is exactly what I'm talking about here. So the DOJ and the FBI become weaponized. This is, this is, this, this is, this is pretty bad. Now, I'm not really familiar with this story. Maybe some of you are. Uh, this has to do with True the Vote. It has to do with uh, hacking. Breaking, as ordered by federal judge Kenneth Hoyt, U.S. Marshals have taken into custody True the votes, Catherine Engelbrecht and Greg Phillips for contempt of court due to the release, the refusal uh, to release the name of a confidential informant. Let's just see who these people are. Uh, there's a lot of these things we're going to take off here today. As many as, as we can in the allotted time and power. Uh, I may have to get up and plug my, uh, not even plug it in. Hey Jasper, can you can you go turn the power switch on? Um, okay. God, this is this is so this okay, so this is what we're talking about here. Two thousand mules producer arrested along with true the vote leader for contempt of court. This is the story right here. Alabama native Greg Phillips has been arrested for contempt of court in Texas related to his work with the election integrity group, True the Vote, 
On Monday, a federal judge found Phillips and True the Vote leader Catherine Engelbrecht in contempt of court for not giving up sources in an investigation into voter fraud. The two will remain behind bars until they agree to release the names of those involved in their investigation. So are they just going to leave them there forever? Like a year, two years, three years, four years, five years, 10 years, or just till after the election? The pair have been gathering information, sharing details of their findings concerning alleged irregularities in the 2020 election. The sharing of information led them into the Houston, Texas courtroom last week with U.S. District Judge Kenneth Hoyt. Have we heard his name before? We'll look him up. A defamation and computer fraud lawsuit filed by election vendor Connick Corporation claims true the vote has been spreading slanderous rumors about the company and its CEO and that they want uh, and they went about gaining data on the company in an all unlawful manner. Oh, oh, poor Connick. You know, it's it's these other Cretans, these other uh, just base manipulators of the so-called system, they can do anything they fucking want. Anything. And then when somebody goes about getting the goods on them, they 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 cry they, they cry foul. And basically we've seen this again and again and again. The people that accuse you or somebody of the thing that's being accused, they're the one that's actually doing it. Nine times out of 10, they just invert everything and they point the finger back. And you're the one that did it. You're this person. You're this entity. Connick's lawyers ridiculed and mocked Catherine for describing our teams as patriots. Phillips posted on Truth Social. She answered with confidence and pride in her country. She didn't buckle. She stood against the abuse and the oppressors. I'm so proud to be her friend, her colleague, and her brother in Christ. Well, that's good. You don't stand for anything. If you don't stand for something, you'll fall for anything. Connick CEO Eugene Yu was arrested in early October. Oh, interesting. After the LAPD, uh, actually LADA, that's the district attorney's office, charged him with suspicion of theft of personal identifying information. Connick distributes and sells its proprietary poll chief software an election worker management system, which contains the personal information of poll workers. Investigators found the information was being stored on the servers in the People's Republic of China, which is a breach of contract and also illegal. Connick denies ever hacking personal data information or storing it in China. At the time of the arrest, uh, Connick had already filed a defamation lawsuit against Phillips and Engelbrecht. Judge Hoyt said the defamation lawsuit and the arrest of you are unrelated. Thursday, Hoyt demanded specific source information from Phillips and Engelbrecht and threatened to have them arrested if they did not produce the information by Monday. Choosing to protect their source rather than give up the information, the two were later taken into custody. Shortly after the arrest, news organizations began to accuse True the Vote of spreading voter fraud, conspiracy theories. That's the new thing. It's always about a conspiracy theory now. Oh, that's a conspiracy theory. These crazy January 6th people, they just peddle poisonous and toxic conspiracy theories. Uh, despite the arrest of you, Vote B Texas reported True the Vote is trying to maintain its conspiratorial claims about Connick. 
So you have true vote and vote beat. Yu has been released on bond and scheduled for a hearing this week in Los Angeles. His attorney said he was wrongfully arrested. Oh, okay. So you have charges filed by the LA district attorney. You don't think that the LA, I mean, well, look here, this can go a couple different ways. Of course, we will see the egregious use of power. This happens all the time. But sometimes if they're going to go down a certain path like that, which is a very politically incorrect um, move to make, they're going to have something because they don't want to be, you know, left holding the bag. So that's what that's about, right? And now they've been essentially shut down prior to guess what? The election. How about that? Here we go. Here's more. We got more here. This is from the, the, the Daily Mail, which generally has more news, good or bad, uh, semi-real, semi-real or fake than most other American publications. So here we go. It's on. DOJ makes a rare step of weighing in on court case involving armed Arizona groups monitoring ballot boxes, warning the vigilantes they will like, will like to be arrested. Despite federal judge ruling, groups can camp outside local drop boxes. So what they're trying to do in Arizona is they're trying to, to cut another 2,000 mules off at the pass where they just, just the same person over and over again, just dumps all these ballots and like fucking mail-in voting should be illegal. Illegal. Absentee voting should be illegal. You show up and vote or you don't. Period. End of story. And you have to have a valid ID, right? What's that's it. That's it. That's your barrier threshold to vote. Have a valid ID, which I'm not even really in, that much in favor of. But if you're going to do it, have it, and then you're in. That's your that's your pass key. Everything else should just be eliminated. Oh, but what about all those people that can't get out of their homes to vote? Well, fuck them. They're not going to be around long enough anyway for their vote to make a difference. Sorry. And guess what? We may all be that person at some point. What are you doing voting on? I mean, seriously. What do you, uh, it's like you're voting on something that will have an effect on people that will be living and you'll be gone. That was one of the big, big uh, cries about Brexit. All these young people, all oh, these old people are voting for it and they're going to be gone. And we have to live with it. Well, that wasn't such a bad fucking thing. Sometimes older people do know something. By the way, that's why they went after the elderly, hello, when COVID, whatever that was, you can't see your, your beloved parents and grandparents. It's too dangerous. Meanwhile, Cuomo's running the death camp in New York, killing off thousands of them. You know why? Because those people vote. This is the flip side of it. And how do those people vote? They usually vote conservative get them out of the way 
All right, let's read this case. Uh, the Justice Department on Monday issued a statement of interest in an Arizona lawsuit concerning armed vigilantes patrolling voter drop box sites. It's okay if the Black Panthers can show up during an Obama election armed in, in front of a polling place, right? Oh, that's fine. But this, this, this is not good. The DOJ did not issue a ruling, but instead said the allegations made by the League of Women's Voters raise serious concerns of voter intimidation. The league took action after images in mid-October showed groups of people in tactical gear surrounding the Dropbox in Mesa, Arizona. They mean fucking business. This is this is where the this is the inflection point, right? This is the this is the uh, term that like the, the people bandy about now. Even fucking Joe Biden used the, the term inflection point. What an inflection point. I wonder how many times he had to rehearse that and uh, said we're at an erection point instead of inflection point. He got it right, apparently. On Friday, a federal judge said that the actions were concerning, but there was not yet sufficient evidence of intimidation. Oh, interesting. So the DOJ weighs in. The Justice Department has weighed into a legal row over armed. So theoretically, the states run their own elections, right? I mean, that was the big thing in 2020, decouple, basically decouple from COVID or for COVID. Every state runs their, every state runs their COVID response differently. New York's going to run it differently than Wyoming. Let's decouple. Let's, run, let's let the states run this, which was Trump's way of saying, I'm not getting involved. Um, and that's how elections work. And when you have a decoupling like you did, by the way, we're still under state of emergency for COVID. Nobody's lifted that. That's still the background program. Theoretically, the federal government has to stay out of the state's elections. And what's happened is that um, this current administration has actually been politicking for federally regulated and observed elections, thus taking the power out of the hands of the state, which, whatever, it's like you're going to trust the government to run elections. It's bad enough trusting state governments to run elections. Okay, here we go. On Friday, a federal judge refused to ban the Lines of Liberties patrols, saying there was a legitimate concern, but not enough evidence to show that everyone's rights were being curtailed. On Monday, the DOJ said the allegations made by the league raised serious concerns of voter intimidation. That's just a good, upstanding, law-abiding American. Could you imagine how Europeans view this? They just, it's like, first of all, they don't have weapons. They just look at this and go, what the fuck is going on over there? I mean, if I was European, I'd be like, man, I, either I'd be terrified of these people or I'd want to live here. One of the two. And what's that, the DOJ filing? They said the vigilante bailout security efforts and private campaigns to video, uh, video record voters 
likely violate federal voting. No, they don't. No, they don't. Sorry. There is a big Supreme Court decision that basically said people do not have any expectation of privacy in public, in public spaces. Why do you think all these guys go around and do these auditing videos and they hang out in libraries or they hang out in post offices or they hang out at city halls or they hang out at airports or they hang out around police departments because they know they can. They know there's been a Supreme Court ruling that nobody has any expectation of privacy in public. Now, that cuts both ways, which allows them to put cameras everywhere, right? That's that's part of the panoptical society that we're living in. But on the other hand, we can watch the watchers. I remember interviewing Kevin Kelly, the guy who uh, started Wired Magazine, basically took all of Mondo's best ideas and turned them into a commercial success with uh, Wired Magazine. And that was something that that uh, we talked about was this whole idea of watching the watchers. And this is what's going on. The department said the First Amendment's right to assembly does not permit people assembling for the purpose of coercing voters. They're not doing anything. They're essentially um, making sure that there isn't any adverse now, if you had a lot of balls and you wanted to play the 2,000 mules game and do ballot dumps in front of these guys, well, that's on you. This could go weird. This could get weird because those guys are masked up and they could be anybody. They could be a concerned citizen or they could be an agent provocateur. You just don't know, right? There's so many wild cards in play now and because the chaos is – at this heightened tension, they can, they can just push the chaos in any direction. They, they want to push it, throw a little kerosene on the fire. Uh, the issue is taken on national prominence amid reports of our men patrolling outdoor drop boxes in Maricopa, the state's most populous County and rural uh, Yavapai County as midterm elections near mid October. Apparently our men position themselves close to a drop box in Mesa, the suburb of Phoenix. They wore tactical gear, which reportedly included ballistic vests and left when police arrived. Uh, the presence triggered legal action as activists sought to prevent intimidation of voters. Arizona Attorney General Mark Burnovich, Alex, I'd like to buy a vowel. A Republican has called on voters to immediately report any intimidation to police and file a complaint with his office. What's your level of intimidation? Somebody can stare at you the wrong way now, and you can feel intimidated. He stared at me in a very threatening manner. I know a threatening stare when I see one. Do you have any video of the threatening stare? No, but I I think I can recreate it and show you. On this record, defendants have not made any statements threatening to commit acts of unlawful violence to particular individual group or individuals. God. Um, yeah. That's happening. Where did it all start, though? 
Where did all this start? It goes a long ways back. Long, 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 long ways back. It goes all the way back to Boss Hog and Tammany Hall, right? And this is the Irish were uh, some of the most, one of the most powerful groups in and around the uh, East Coast of the United States, New York, Boston. And you had a guy named Boss Tweed who was the head. He was the de facto de capo of the uh, Irish mob. How Boss Tweed invented Tammany Hall and taught the Irish how to change America. Boss Tweed is a legendary corrupt New York political boss who taught the Irish what they need to know about grabbing political power. This is from an Irish uh, newspaper. The book I have enjoyed most over the summer of 2018 was Boss Tweed by Kenneth D. Ackerman, which profiles the rise and fall of the most corrupt politician in New York history. has been out for a number of years. Despite his corruption, however, Tweed was also the man ahead of his time who understood the power of, of the working man to affect huge political change. Tweed also... Tweed also essentially created Tammany Hall, the greatest political machine in American history. The foot soldiers of Tammany Hall were the hundreds of thousands of Irish immigrants who streamed into New York after the famine, desperate for work and shelter. Unlike others who demonized the Irish, Tweed embraced them, giving them jobs and places to live. Sound familiar? In return for that, they voted en masse for Tammany candidates, thus providing Tweed with complete control over mayors, governors, and every other elected official in New York State. Using the Irish as levers, Tweed built the greatest political machine in history. Well, maybe. In return for that, they voted, um, uh, let's see, the Irish were the Mexican legal immigrants of their day. Of course they were. Only worse, the ruling class hated them because they were dirty drunkards and unruly, and they allowed interlopers like Tweed to gain power. Tweed was incredibly corrupt, but probably no more so than the robber barons of his day who tried to corner gold markets on Wall Street, ran massive scams on railroad stocks, and stole blind from everyone behind them. Tweed and his cohorts robbed everyone blind too. But in the process, they also created massive public work programs and created the infrastructure of New York City as we know it today. Well, theoretically, we'll give them the benefit of the doubt. Ackerman says that Tweed conceived the soul of modern New York. His mistake was to move far beyond the usual honest graft, of some of his predecessors, but to begin stealing too much at the time. So, you know, power corrupts, absolutely. And he might've gotten away with it if we're not for one Irishman named Jimmy O'Brien that he crossed one newspaper, the New York Times, was just emerging as a force. One anti-Irish cartoonist, the German-born Thomas Nast of Harper's Weekly, and the orange riots that occurred when Catholic Irish tried to stop Orangemen marching down 8th Avenue in triumph on July 12th, 1871. The Orange March... 1871 was originally banned by Tweed and his lackey mayor, Oki Hall, who feared violence on a massive scale because of tensions building up between the Irish groups. It kind of sounds like today, doesn't it? All the tensions. However, Governor John Hoffman, a Tweed nominee who saw himself as a future president, but who needed to distance himself from Tweed to run, saw his opportunity to ingratiate himself with Tweed's enemies. Life is just like the game of Survivor. Just watch a couple of seasons Survivor and you'll learn everything you need to know about life. Even that there's, it's a fake reality. That's part of it too. Although I'm not here, and I said this last week, 
I think to call our experience a simulation is, is, is to cheapen it. It's to cheapen it. And I, I refuse to call what we're in a simulation. I prefer the word simulation and that people are asleep and then they wake up. Will they wake up to the fact that it's simulation? I don't, I think they wake up to the fact that this so-called reality is a lot more malleable than uh, a lot of people understand. And I am a personal testament to that. I have personal experience, hands-on experience about how malleable reality can be. O'Brien's doc, let's see what it will be. The Irish want more money and less work and fewer Protestants and cheaper whiskey, wrote E.L. Godkin in The Nation, one of the leading publications at the time. Amid the fury, the New York Times received the scoop of a lifetime. O'Brien, former Irish-born sheriff of New York who had fallen out with Tweed over an unpaid bill, decided to part with incriminating documents that he received. He sensed his opportunity after the Orange Day killings to bring Tweed down. Somewhere, O'Brien, the original Deep Throat, was laughing. So we can see this whole thing play out again and again and again. The forgotten righteous Jews who saved thousands of Irish lives during the famine. Got to make sure that um, certain groups are looked upon in a very favorable light. That's very important. So everything that we're experiencing now has happened a long time ago. And all they've done is updated the methodology, right? The Irish were the original Mexicans. Boss Tweed was the guy that brought them in uh, and said, look, you're, you know, you vote on all these things and I got you. I got you. You'll get jobs. I'll employ you. You'll get better housing. You'll get better whiskey. Just, you know, roll with me and you're good. And I think he left, he, he lived up to most of those agreements, although he didn't pay his bill with Jim O'Brien, which was his downfall. So pay your bills, boys and girls. You never know how that might affect you. Um, the only thing that's different now is it's become way more sophisticated. But there's always been some level of government involvement and corruption in this entire process. And it'll be interesting to see what happens over the next few days. And I'm going on the record, and we're going to see something that is going to be really disturbing. And people are not going to have any real answers for. And this is around the election, okay? And it's just incredibly rare to have an election of this theoretical magnitude happening on an eclipse. Very, we're kind of in an uncharted territory. So that's, that's, that's my take on that. And, and even the, the stuff like the, the Pelosi thing and how that's kind of in this wave and how it's also in the South Node and Scorpio wave, you know, where this weird underworld, um, not just corruption, but, you know, venal and corrupt, um, immoral, not amoral, amoral is not it not a, always a bad thing. Immoral human behavior is being exposed. So that's happening. That's all part of the eclipse. You know, we're in the eclipse cycle. And with the South Node in Scorpio, we're watching all this stuff just, you know, pop before our very eyes. And 
you know, how much of it will represent a certain level of normalization or will there be a tipping point where all of a sudden people cannot no longer look away? I think that's really where we are. We're, we're either at this tipping point of just this shit just gets normalized. We're back in Babylon. Um, we're, we're in the open air, like sacrificing, you know, babies into the burning belly of Baphomet of, of Molech, right? We either re, we either go in that direction where it gets so normalized, or there is the event that nobody can unsee ever again, right? That's where we're headed. This is this is how all this stuff is bubbling up, and then what happens when you can't unsee that? Because usually those events are shocking and traumatic, and that's when they they dump the programming in, right? So we're we're headed, we're he- you know we are on a rapid. We're 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 in a little you know, uh, raft, a little contiki headed down the rapids right now. And, uh, it feels like we've been going in this direction for a while. We're in deliverance. That's where we are. Like that movie deliverance. You can never not unsee the Ned Beatty scene. Can't. Once you see it, it's like, Oh my God. Right. You're like, ah, Deliverance is a really pretty amazing movie, actually. There's so many layers to Deliverance. I, I It's one of those movies where when you watch it, I remember the first time I watched it, it was like, oh, man, good. They got they got those creepy fucking rednecks. Whew, God, they got away with it. The second time, I got a little more. The third time, I'm like, wow, this movie is really layered. Like, there's a lot of psychological depth. And even this idea that that they're going to dam up this wild river, right? And the surrounding areas, which are theoretically backwards and unsophisticated, will be submerged in this attempt to um, harness the water and harness the energy for a new community that will spring up around it for better or for worse, sanitized barbecues, right? White picket fences, all that shit. And it's one of those movies that creates an uneasy tension um, inside the viewer. Because once you understand that message, right? Because all those guys are fleeing from that. They have this weekend where they're going down this river for the last time before it gets dammed up. And they're fleeing from the world in which the river will be converted into a source of power for the very same world that they're they're um, doing their best to get away from. And that's the irony of the movie, right? That is the irony of the movie. And when you when when it comes into focus, and you you understand it, in a strange way, you have more empathy for the kind of wild, crazy, um, inbred, quote-unquote, white trash that they encounter when they when they rent these canoes, and then some, right? You don't have empathy for all of them because, of course, uh, the beast that violates Ned Beatty, you don't have a lot of empathy for him. You're like, oh, good, thank God, I got that fucker. They got that butt fucker. Um, 
Well, and it's what's interesting is like if they did that movie again today, you know, that would probably be celebrated. <laughs> I'd be like, yeah, good job. Uh, it's a very interesting movie. Very layered, very nuanced. Okay, I think we're going to get out of here because uh, the power is going. I did not get up and flip the switch on to turn my power cord on. So I've been just basically running off the computer since the beginning of the show. So I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna shove off here. Was, I, was there another video I was gonna play? I was gonna play another video. What was it? I can't remember it now. If I think about it, I'll play it tomorrow. I even got the low battery. I got the low battery uh, warning. All right, you guys get out of class early today. Ooh, remember that? You get to get out of class early at the end of school. Even if like by a half an hour, you were just so stoked. So you get out early today. All right. Use your head in order to discern what's real, your heart to say what's possible. I'm Robert Phoenix. Thank you for being here, Chataria. Big love to each and every one of you. I'll be back tomorrow, straight up, 9-11, right here, Central Standard Time, uh, for more fun and hijinks and peeling away the layers of the onion of this reality. Take good care and bye for now.